Yes, Lord, in the multitude of your mercy, in fear of you, I will worship. Yes, Lord, I will come into your arms. In the multitude of your mercy, so what's your holy temple, Jesus? So what's your holy temple? So what's your holy temple, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, we have worshipped. Hallelujah. This morning, I believe God wants to... Um, share something with us you know and I titled it understanding the work of the ministry hallelujah say understanding the work of the ministry hallelujah um, we know that the word ministry whenever we hear ministry we often our mind goes to you know um, an initiative of maybe a pastor or a man of God or somebody called, you know, and um, maybe anointed with certain special gifts, you know, and we see several expressions, several expressions, um, guiding light ministry, raising champion ministry, raising spiritual giant ministry, you know, raising spiritual bodybuilders ministry. You see all sort of, all sort of, uh, ministries and then you see all sort of taglines you know more like companies where you say this company is so so name and this is what the company is all about so you see all that all that focus and all that and those are those are you know most of it are good initiatives and all that but we sort of want to drill down into what the perspective of the scripture is concerning ministry the word ministry is actually service somebody say service that's what ministry means. It's the Greek word diakonia, which means service, which means support, which means help. Amen. So it's not something bogus. Ministry means what? Service. And God has called all saints into his service. Hallelujah. Remember that we are in God's vineyard. Am I making sense? And we are God's building. Scripture says that we are that building of God being built up to become an edifice am i making sense so we are god's building and we are in god's vineyard and we all have a service every one of us every saint has a service now we all have ministry then what is that ministry amen ephesians chapter 4 i know some of you would immediately guess the the, the verse we're going to read Ephesians chapter 4 let's read from verse 1 very quickly I'm trusting God to be able to finish this you know today and not take time I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to do what to do what of what with which you were who was Paul talking to here who was the Holy Spirit speaking to here through Paul? Because it was actually the Holy Spirit. Scripture says all Scripture is written by what? The Spirit. So it was the Holy Spirit moving the heart and the hand of Paul to write this. Are we clear on that? So who who, who was this? Who is the Scripture speaking to? 
the church. Let's bring it home. Who is he speaking to? Thank you very much. He's speaking to you and I. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you can insert your name there. Right? I said the Holy Ghost or Paul, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech Damilola, beseech Fulucho, beseech, you know, um, Rebecca, beseech Owolabi, beseech David, Marys, you know, to do what? To walk worthy of the calling with which you what? So what that means is every single one of us has a calling, right or wrong. It's either you are aware of it or you are not aware of it. You know, but if you are not aware of it, it doesn't change the status, does it? No. Whether you know about it or not, it doesn't change the fact that you have been called. When you turn to the Lord and say, God, take over my life. Jesus, I surrender to you. God responded and did and put his spirit upon you and then put his hand upon you. And then he commissioned you and said, you are now in my family. Everyone in this family has a role. Everyone in this family has a service. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? He said, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the calling with which we are called. Verse 2, what does it say? With all words, lowliness and what? Gentleness. With long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. What he's saying is that these things, if you want to walk worthy of the calling, this is critical. There must be something, there must be a system or a process that is bringing forth the fruit of lowliness. Did you hear what I'm saying? There must be a system that is doing what? Bringing forth the fruit of what? Lowliness and what? Gentleness. Now, he now said, bearing with one another in love. What does that tell me? This calling is not an isolated calling. Do you get what I mean? This calling is not a what? Is not an isolated calling. It's not a calling to say, I'm doing my own thing. No. I'm in my lane. You know, people say, you know, I, I was reading, I, I, I saw a podcast um, yesterday evening. Um, a lady was sharing, and she's a popular lady. Some of us probably even know her. She, she's this actress that's been, you know, very, she came from the church. She's very into church and all that. And then a lot of things happened, and she was hurt. You know, uh, I forgot her name. She she acted in this Jennifer or something. Yeah, Juliana. Yeah. So 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 I saw her podcast yesterday, and she was sharing about how church people have hurt her. You know, and I could feel her. She was crying. I could feel her pain. You know, and she she I she posted that she thanked God for healing because I think she I think she left the church. I don't know. I assume maybe she left the church for a while, and then now she's back. And she will say that I thank God for it. So I was curious and I went to the comment section. And the comment section was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. See, there are so many people in our generation who hate the church. 
and it's because of what they have experienced or the things they have heard that the church has done. So, if we're not careful, in 10, 20 years' time, you're going to have a generation that is completely cut off. They grew up in Christian homes or they were born in Christian homes, dad and mom born again, but they don't want to have anything to do with God or to church. The best of them will probably say, well, I found God in my own way. I, don't, I love God. I believe God exists, but I don't do church. Have you met people that say that kind of thing? Say, I know, I, I believe there is God. I, I, in fact, I love Jesus, but I don't do church. That church thing, no, it's not for me. That is the spirit of delusion. Because you can't know God outside of his body. And I'm, and I'm, and, and I'm totally, and I totally feel for those who have been hurt by the church. I absolutely feel for, I pray that they are truly healed. Hallelujah. It's, but that is what it is. It's a church. It's people, and people always hurt people. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? I must have hurt one or two of you. For that's an understatement. Probably 10, 15. <laughs> Amen. So there is no way we won't hurt one another. But when we have understanding, both the person who is hurting someone and those who are who is hurt will seek reconciliation and seek forgiveness and seek restoration. Am I making sense? None of us is going to double down if we understand the scriptures. Because what makes hurt fester is people who are so into their own ego and pride and they don't have lowliness and gentleness. You see men of God, so-called men of God, trample over people and there is no remorse. And there is no remorse. In fact, let me make it bold to say that the system of church we practice, there is no way disasters will not be happening at a high scale. There is no way. The way we treat men of God, the pedestal we place them, they, they don't have capacity to handle that level of honor. No man has the capacity to handle that level of honor. Even governors and presidents, democracy that is designed by man, democracy that is designed by man, that elevates elected officials. In an ideal world, what do you find? You find institutions of checks and balances. Am I making sense? The legislature is supposed to balance the executive, the judiciary, so that no single entity or man will arrogate too much power because they know that power corrupts. So the legislature is meant to checkmate that push of power from the executive and the judiciary, in case both of them are mad, the judiciary will come in and, am I making sense? But he's still man, so he's not even perfect. But if man, in his limited understanding, can design a system like that, what do you think God has done in order to keep us in check? It is this. All of us must submit one to another. No one is elevated more than the other. No one, including myself. If you are elevating me more than necessary, you are doing injustice to me and to yourself. Am I making sense? My gift doesn't make me any special than you. Should I say that again? 
my gift does not make me any special the only thing you owe me is to honor christ in me to receive what christ has deposited in me for you that's all that's all and what is operating now is the anointing upon amen it has nothing to do with well it has a little to do with level of my maturity i mean but you can't judge my level of maturity by what i'm currently doing some of you probably are more mature than i am hallelujah some of you might be more patient than i am that's a sign of maturity some of you might be more resilient than i am am i making sense am i making sense some of you might be more gentle than i am if you don't know i don't know how to translate that in english <laughs> amen i am not perfect at all I have my own struggles. And I trust God for every day. Am I making sense? I am not different from you. So, but when we design a system where we, we, we treat men as demigods simply because they are anointed. What did Jesus say to his disciples? Jesus said, the one that wants to be the greatest amongst you must be the servant of all. I am your servant. Do you get I am your house boy. I am your house boy. That is the commission I have from the Lord to wash your feet, to serve you, not the other way around. You see, but when we when you put people in positions where they cannot, where you are treated, imagine me seeing mommy Ojuna and I cannot prostrate her. She worship with Fumini. I know she doesn't like it, so she's always saying that I should not be. But, but I can't. I'm seeing my seeing my mom now. I'm saying that because I'm anointed. Ha! Ah, Nereshu. Do you understand what I'm saying? But that is what people do. Men of God, young young people. Even though I'm not judging people by age, I know people can be anointed even if they are twenty. But there must be something wrong if people who aged sixties are frustrating for you and kneeling down for you and calling you papa and calling you mama and then you are soaking it in ah you are soaking in trouble you are soaking in real trouble because even the disciples did not treat jesus like that jesus that the one that died though like my wife will say jesus look who is body people as a decision that the rest of us just believed even jesus's disciples didn't treat him like that if 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 they did do you think Peter would have grabbed Jesus and said, no, you are not going to die in Matthew chapter, is it 16 or 18? Do you think um, Peter would have done that? Bible said that when Jesus was speaking concerning his death, Peter stood up and grabbed him and said, no, this will not happen to you. And Bible said, Jesus rebuked like, get deep behind me, Satan. If Jesus was the man of God, you think Peter would be able to do that? They sleep together in the same place. They probably have seen him bath. Some men of God cannot even be in church for the praise session. They'll be in the office. What are you doing? The greatest, the highest manifestation of the presence of God is in the midst of his congregation, not in the pastor's office. Read the scriptures. 
Say, the Lord our God in the what? In the midst of you is mighty. So, these things we see in church, you know, the hearts, the, the trampling upon, is because we've designed a system that is not sustainable. And too many people are hurting because of that. And it breaks God's heart. If I hurt you, I should find it easy to say I'm sorry. Am I making sense? It doesn't take anything away. With lowliness and what? Gentleness. That is an evidence that there is a walk that is going on. Hallelujah. With what? Long. Why do you need long suffering? Can somebody tell me? Why do you need long suffering? Because there are certain people that you will tell them you did something wrong. They will say, no. And they will maintain that for maybe two years. And you have to bear with them. That's why you call suffer long. If you want to suffer long, go and marry. <laughs> because there are issues that you and your wife or your husband will never agree on. And the only way peace will come in that house is that you will now activate the technology of long suffering. Why trusting God for divine intervention? Am I making sense? You, you can feel me, bro. <laughs> Hallelujah. Long suffering. If everyone has instant repentance and change, there will be no need for long suffering. The moment you say that this one, ah, you, ah, oh, my, I'm so sorry, I didn't know I did that. There will be no need for long suffering. Say long with long suffering, bearing with what? What does it mean to bear with one? It means that that thing is not the ideal. But you have no choice but to do what? To bear. But that comes from understanding. It comes from understanding that this is church. This is everyone here has issues. And God is healing and training and reframing and transforming us all. Hallelujah. See, the true identity of a church eh, is an hospital, a critical center that becomes, that transforms into a mighty army. That's the miracle of the church. That's the water. That's the miracle of the church. That you enter an hospital and you see people with different departments, oncology, neurology, you know, uh, spinal something, and then that same people some of them half dead, some of them quarter to go, some of them already ascending, you know, some of them critical care. And then it, a wind just blew over that hospital, like the wind that blew in Ezekiel 37, the valley of dry bones. And then after the wind is gone, that same people become a mighty men and women of valor, ready to take on anything. That is what church is. And it is walking in our calling that transforms us from a place where we tend to seek people to a training ground where we build men and women of valor. But the understanding must be accurate. Are you hearing me? Say the understanding must be accurate so that the strategy is right. You know, if you, if you, if, imagine you entering an hospital thinking you are coming to an entertainment center. 
You know, you, 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 it, it will shock you first of all. Somebody pointed to you that in that place there is bedu going on there. You now enter. You now saw blood. You saw drip. You saw. You saw. You know, you'll be shocked. Your expectation has been dashed. So the church is not an entertainment center. It's not a place where we worship man. The only person worthy of worship is who? It's God. And because God has called you, you are committed to that place where God has planted you because you can see the purpose. So somebody offending you will not be an excuse for you to say, I'm not coming to that church again. Nonsense, nonsense. You know, we, 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 we make stupid decisions, flimsy decisions that affect critical issues in our lives over, over nonsense. Do you get what I'm trying to say? No, we shouldn't make decisions like that because we feel hurt or something. No. Am I making sense? You're not answering me now. Verse 3. What does verse 3 say? Somebody say endeavoring. What does that mean? Making effort. Thank you. Striving is a stronger word. Striving to do what? To keep the word. See, may God let us understand church. That church is not this Sunday morning, two hours service. That there is, it is a spiritual body that is interconnected, that is alive, and that breathes the life of God. And that you are a critical member in that body. May God give us understanding. He said, endeavoring to do what? To keep the unity of the spirit. So, the word unity is the word harmony. It's the word accord. As we gravitate, as we worship, as we listen to the word, every spiritual activity we engage in church ought to lead us to this place of there ought to be an harmony. It's like an okay. Imagine, let, 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 me, let me use this to explain. How many of us have been to concerts before? Classical concerts where you have violin and you know an orchestra where you have an orchestra singing. Each each you know you can have an orchestra of hundred instrumentalists. Am I making sense? Each one of them have has to individually master their parts. Each one of them has to do what? Individually. Whenever they come for corporate practice and whenever they are alone, the practice continues. The competence continues. The fine-tuning does what? Continue. They wake up. Have you lived with people who are instrumentalists in orchestra? Sometimes it's their sound that wakes you up. In early in the morning, they are doing what? They are practicing, they are fine-tuning. They are playing their role and their part because if they don't, that orchestra is going to be a disaster. They have to master the notes. They have to master the tonic sofa. They have to master the timing. They have to know the exact... Imagine 20 people knowing the exact second. They have to come into the, into the flow and knowing when to stop. You cannot move too fast. You know, it's not like because sometimes you tell you tell brother Patrick, take slow down, slow down. You are faster than the song. No, everything has to be perfect and impeccable. And that comes from a place of personal what responsibility. 
personal responsibility that's what church that's what it means endeavoring you're playing your part to sustain the harmony of the spirit you're playing your role and your role is not playing keyboard your role is not sweeping the floor your role is not arranging chairs no it's a spiritual service somebody says it's a spiritual service the more you invest in that spiritual service the more the harmony of the spirit is elevated Sometimes you will enter a church and you will say there is a presence here. I'm never and then sometimes you go to another church, it feels so dry. What's the difference? Some people are investing in keeping the unity of the spirit. Some other persons are not. You enter the church, it's only the pastor that is on fire, the rest are dead. And so all they do every Sunday is to come and lean on the anointing of the pastor. And if that is the system, why won't they deify him? Because when he's not there, nothing happens see me i was away for five weeks did you miss anything except my face probably that's what you missed my face hallelujah and devouring to do what to keep oh i love this one he said make every effort to do what to keep the oneness of the spirit in the world each individual working together to make the what the whole successful imagine three fingers of three, three fingers in your hand re, rebellion and say we are on strike just imagine it but today this man doesn't appreciate us we are going to be on strike how will you feel or your stomach say you know what i've been doing a lot of work and this man just eats anyhow I've been processing fufu every day of my life. Today I'm not, I'm not processing fufu again. And your stomach shuts down. What's going to happen to the rest of the body? But some of us think that once the head, once the, once the head alone is okay, the rest of the rest of the body can be dead and nothing will be missing. Some of us think that ah, There's no, some of us, some of you did not pray before coming to church this morning. You are you are insane. You should ask God for forgiveness. You just walk clothes and carry your Bible and came to church. You did not, you did not even talk to God that God, I, I pray that there will be a manifestation of your presence. I pray that your glory will cover us. I pray that will be a divine intervention. You did not intercede for today's meeting. Just wear clothes and then carried your fine face and you are here. How do you think? The body will function with that mindset. Imagine it's only your head that is working. You're paralyzed from neck down. Are you going to be living your optimum life? Why do we think the church of God will survive with that system? And sometimes the pastor that you think is praying is not even to his name, human is not praying. Sometimes I sleep when I'm praying. Yes. I sleep when I'm praying. And when I wake up, I continue. I say, thank you. Oh, Father, thank you. Where did Mr. Laboro Shekalabana? I don't have time for guilt. And, uh... So even the pastor that you think you are relying on, even he himself, Hallelujah. Paul said, when I came to you, he said, my preaching and my preaching was not in persuasive words of what? Human wisdom. He said, so that your faith would not lie in the wisdom of man but in the power of God. We need to recalibrate this system. 
we wired it wrongly. I remember one, one, one day, I'd, I'd forgotten, I think it was one sister that called, was one sister, one brother that called me, said his wife is about to give birth, you know. And I was like, Pastor D, I just believe you, you know, I just want to tell you, my wife is going to labor now, and I believe that when you pray, when, the, when he dropped the call, see, that day I was as dry as land that I've not seen rain for, for three years. It was I was saying in Jesus' day, it seems as if it was bouncing back. I said, but, but this guy had great faith in me. And I had to pray. If, of course, I don't walk by feelings. Am I making sense? But I'm sure if I tell that guy how I was feeling, the guy was, ah, hold it tongue. Because the faith with which he was speaking to me, he felt like, ah, once he spoke to me, ah, everything, Jesus has heard. But the guy didn't know that even me that day, I was so dry. But I said a word of prayer in faith. I said, Father, I thank you for this brother. And I prayed and all that. And then I left, you know, and I believe God has answered the prayer. I just said that to tell you that don't, don't, don't think too highly of men of God. They are humans too. They are human. And they hurt people. And we hurt people. And we make mistakes. And we, am I making sense? And we make blunders. But one thing that I trust God for, for me and for the pastorate in Yaba, is that we'll be honest before God to tell you the truth of the gospel. And that we will not take advantage of you. Am I making sense? But we all need lowliness and what? And gentleness. And bearing one another in what? In love. Because if that is absent, we will not be able to walk worthy. Hallelujah. So we've established the fact that every one of us is what? Is called. We have a calling. And I said that calling is not isolated. I need to, I need to, I need to hammer on that. You cannot have a successful Christian life. The one that fulfills purpose outside of God's body. You can't be a lone ranger or isolated and you will have a successful work with the Lord. It is impossible. Somewhere down the line you will be derailed. Take it as the word of the Lord. I have, I have seen too many examples. In fact, sometimes when I, say, when I say to people this is going to happen to them, sometimes they think I'm speaking by the word of the Lord. No, I'm just speaking from experience. You are isolated. It is just a matter of time. And isolation doesn't mean that you are not attending church on Sunday. Some people can be so isolated, they even come to church on Sunday. But they are, they are a closed world. Have you met people like that? They are so closed. Before service is over, they have disappeared. They don't want their life to be open. You are still isolated. It's like somebody in, at the hospital. He said, my, my dear sister, what's wrong with you? He said, it's my stomach. He said, let's check it. He said, no, no, no. No, don't expose me. Okay, how are we going to treat the wound? I know men of God have also done terrible things, exposing people on Julia. Am I making sense? But the wound needs to be what? To be treated. You can't, you can't lock up yourself. You say my own. If I, I was telling, I was telling you about that comment session I read. It was heartbreaking. Folks were like, "Me, I don't have time for any. I just go into church before service is over. I've disappeared." 
That's that's it. You are you are joke. You are just deceiving yourself. You are not in church. You are not a member. You are not part of the body. Isolation. Maybe another time, God will help us to deal with this issue. And being hurt before is not an excuse for isolation. If I hear me, isolation is more dangerous than the hurt you felt. And the reason why the enemy set you up to be hurt is so as to be isolated. Because when you're isolated, he has cornered you. Are you hearing me, saints? Are you hearing me, saints? Say the call is not personal. Say there is no private Christianity. There's no. There's no. There's no private Christianity. We must bond. We must be open. We must pour into one another. We must not be judgmental. We must not be critical. We must bear with one another. We must be patient. It is in those kind of atmosphere that people open up. Am I making sense? And we must strive to do that. That's what the scriptures strive to keep the unity. Even though you are hurt, even though somebody offended you, somebody stepped on your toes, you are not taking it personal. Why? Because your eyes is on the word, on the unity. If it's a serious issue, you call leadership and discuss it, not gossip it. Do you get my point now? Do you get my point? Some of us, rather than go and confront the person that offended you, you will spread the news to 20 other people except the person that offended you. Gossip is a terrible, is a terrible activity of Satan in the church. That's why some people can't bring their issues to leadership. Because before they finish it, everybody don't hear. Ah, that sister, despite his fine face, do you know she has done this, 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 and this? Gossips. Wounded a lot of people. Gossips. Hallelujah. Church is the place where we trash the issues. We don't gloss over them. We don't pretend that they don't exist. If you have anything against me, please walk up to me and tell me I prefer it. You can even shout to my face. I will appreciate it. I like people who say their minds. I don't like people who keep quiet and say everything is fine. When they don't do nothing, everything is not fine. Am I making sense? If I maybe I will organize a one Sunday, criticize your pastor Sunday in the spirit of love. Not <laughs> I say, what am I, what am I not doing well? You know, give me feedback. Amen. Endeavoring to do what? To keep the unity. Some of you grew up in families and it was your mother that didn't let that family scatter. Your mom bent over back. She could have walked away, but because of you, the children, she did what? She held the line at great expense. It's the reason why some of you are so close to your mothers. Because you remember the what? The sacrifice. I, say, I used to say, I said, mothers are earth's greatest warriors. Forget this head of the family nonsense. We know who the head of the family is. The most responsible. And I'm talking statistically. Am I making sense? I am the head of my own family. Because <laughs> I'm a responsible man. <laughs> Hallelujah. But statistically speaking, am I making sense? There are a lot more responsible women in families than men. 
God needs to bring revival to men. We have damaged the earth too much. Too much. Some women held the line because of their children. They took nonsense for the sake of posterity. What were they doing? They were endeavoring to keep this unity. Some of you, you didn't know what your mothers went through because they hid it from you. So that it will not damage you. If you hear it, you'll be heartbroken. Some of them even overdid it. Because sometimes I feel there is a line. See, you know I've said it before. If you're a man and you beat your wife in this church, I am the one that will lead police to your house and arrest you. I, your pastor, I will be the one to lead police to your house and arrest you. After they've locked you up, we will not start prayer meeting for you. Hallelujah. I hate abuse. I hate it. You know, but I, I, I want to praise some of those women who went through stuff for their children. And I know some men also do that because they are, I've also seen irresponsible women. Am I making sense? Some of you came from parents, from how homes where both the father and the mother, the both of them, you know, what's more called? But you see, some of you had to forgive your parents. Am I making sense? Some of you had to do what? You, because you know what they did to you. But for the sake of the family, you did what? You tilted towards the side of forgiveness and repentance so that God can even heal your own heart. That is church. That is church. Don't stay in hurt if you've been hurt. Seek healing. Seek restoration and forgiveness. Because what will come out of that heart, if you allow God to heal it, can even be greater than what you've ever imagined. Am I making sense? Strive to keep the unity of the spirit. It doesn't mean you should cover up issues. That's not what it means. Am I making sense? It doesn't mean you should allow iniquity to fester. It doesn't mean you should allow bad behavior to fester. It doesn't mean you should live in denial. No, that's not what it means. It means that your purpose and your orientation is always restoration. Sometimes in families, the offended is the one who says, I'm sorry, so that peace can reign. How many of you bear me witness? You have to do that for peace to reign. That is wisdom. It's not being weak. It's being wise. Yorubas do that a lot. And it's what has led to irresponsible men. It is the man that is irresponsible. They will say the wife should come and kneel down and beg him. You are reinforcing it. May God forgive us. Amen. But you know the intention is to keep the peace. But sometimes we have taken it too far. I remember I went to some years ago and my mom said, ah, she's an elder in our church and said she has this couple that they are going through stuff that since I'm a pastor, since I'm a pastor, I should follow her and come and do counseling. I was like, you kidding me? What is all this? People I don't know. So we sat down with about four pastors there and then some other women, elders and all that. When they started talking, First of all, I adjust my chair. 
because they started the meeting with the lady she kneeled down and begged the guy and okay so i thought maybe this lady must have done something really really terrible and all that when the lady started talking ha honestly i want to break the head of that guy i wanted to break but i was the youngest there so i couldn't talk you know the thing was pinching my body i was adjusting my seat I was, so yeah, beg you color The thing pain me. The lady ran out of the house for dear life. Ran out for dear life. Other I said she would have died. This guy that drinks before coming home and then misbehave. Oh my see, let me spare you the detail. So when they finish. I, I couldn't talk because I didn't trust myself that I would not lose it if I talk. So I didn't say anything. My mom was like, do you have anything to say? So when we now finish, we're now going. He now came to the car. The guy was moving around. Came to the car to come and appreciate me. I just held him. I said, Satan is about to finish you. I said, I have a word of the Lord for me. <laughs> I said, if you don't change, and I picked some things in the spirit. So I gave you like two words of knowledge that was very accurate. This pattern has changed. And now I said, if you don't change, Satan will finish you. Let me just put fear in his life. Let him go and be dealing with that. Let him go and be dealing with that. I mean, what kind of irresponsible man is this one? And they are now kneeling down begging you. You that will also be prostrating, rolling inside the mud. And his and he was behaving as he was doing, was speaking so boldly at the beginning. May God help us in Jesus' name. Men, say, wise up. Don't be an irresponsible man. So, you are to say sorry even when things, when you are the offended. We have a rule in my house. He said the stronger should say sorry, not the one who feels offended. Or, do you understand what I'm it doesn't matter whether you are the one that offended somebody or you are the one offended. Once you are strong, just, just kill the silence, kill the separation, end it, and restore the fellowship. Some of you will, some of you will keep uh, malice with your wife for days and weeks. You will not talk to your wife and your husband. That's terrible. You are destroying the harmony. And the more you practice it, the more your soul will gain capacity for evil. That's how people can do it for you. Years, they will not talk to their spouse. When they get that capacity, they've been trained, they've been gymming. Their soul has been gymming on righteousness. Don't let, no matter the issue, no matter how painful it is, even when me, when I'm weak, I can't say sorry, I go and pray for capacity to say sorry. Because the fellowship, the harmony is more important than the issue. Am I making sense? There are things in my family that my wife and I, we still don't agree on and it's 11 years. Who cares? Who cares? As long as we are doing well. Am I making sense? To help with the issue. Some of you say, because your wife cannot cook for you, there is not going to be peace in your You are a foolish man. Obviously, life is more than food. I know some men are finding it hard to take that. Ah, I'm a lost 
That's the truth. Can't destroy your marriage without food. This message has cash fire. Let me just stay where I am. <laughs> Hallelujah. Endeavoring to do what? To keep the unity. So you understand the house you are entering into because there is a calling that is upon you. And that calling is crucial to God. Am I making sense? It is what? It is crucial to God. So if you understand what you are chasing, you know you will not have time for distractions. Am I making sense? So our eyes must be on the what? On the calling. On the goal. And then we must trust God that gentleness and what? And lowliness. What does that mean? It means that there is nobody you cannot greet and hug no matter whether they have body odor or not. Hey, I'm, I'm hitting some people now. I'm hitting some people. That's what church is. You cannot go back and say, brother, brother, something is booming in you. How can we help your ministry? You can say that. Something is wrong with us in this church. If there is a brother in our I don't know if there's any, but if there's a brother in our midst that has been booming for six months and nobody has said anything about it, something is wrong with us in this church. Are you hearing me? You should go and say, how can I be of assistance to you? Do you know how much roll-on is now? People are, people are making homemade roll-on now. I'm serious. Roll-on I used to buy for four, 400 naira. It's now one five. One six. Are you, I even see using Nivea. You are a rich man. But am I speaking truth to you this morning? It means there is no class. There is no class. Everybody is lowly. Everybody is receiving the ministration that makes them gentle. Even the one that is most hot out of us. There is an ongoing work. Am I making sense? Lowliness and gentleness. Long suffering. There is no, there is no class stratification here. And any church where such exists is not living according to divine purpose. You see some class, you see some churches, the rich people have their own group. I saw a church one day, they say association of house helps. Ah! It broke my heart. What the hell is this? Who allowed, they said the association of house helps wants to come and give special number. I want, if I was in that church, I would flog somebody that day. There is no house help in God's house. Every one of us are the same. It breaks my heart when I see such things. You know, some people will even come to church, their house help, they will not even allow their house help to hear God's word. She will be outside tending to baby. That is wrong. Some of you see the way my wife and I treat our helps. They are not different from anybody because they are humans too and we treat them with dignity dignity 
They are not second class citizens. Are you hearing me? That is why we should be different as Christians. You have house help. You're, you and your family, you are eating something. The house help is eating something else, something less. The way God is watching you, eh? You don't like it. That's disgraceful. That's disgraceful. I went to a house one day. The house help sits on the kitchen floor to eat. Christians. That's disgraceful. It doesn't even matter how they come. You know, some of these houses, they come very scattered. Touch them up. Touch them up. Give them clothes. Some of you have clothes in your wardrobes now. Two years you've not touched them. Bring them. Let us help you to give them to people who need them. Hallelujah. There must be no class in God's house. There must be no class. No upper class, middle class. No, no. The person who is riding the latest Lexus and the person who is riding the latest Lexus are the same in God's house. And our actions must show it. Our actions must do what? Must show it. The one who is high must condescend. The one who is low must be what? Must be lifted. Some people will even take advantage of that. Yes, it's okay. Because I see that in church also, the reason why some people don't want to do the right thing is because they don't want to be taken advantage of. That's not an excuse. We should be careful. Am I making sense? But you should never allow anything to rob you of your true nature. And I'm, and I'm, I'm a living witness of it. I've opened up to people who have taken advantage of me. But I will not stop. Am I making sense? There, let me, there was there, there's this guy that some God God spoke to me to be given to be financially assisted. It came to a point where I knew this guy was taking advantage of me, and God said I should not stop. So before I send the money, I'll pray. I'll pray and move my heart from frustration. Are you getting me? From disgust to faith because i have to do it in faith otherwise god will have no honor for it i know he was taking advantage of me but i had to commit to the commandment god has given me people taking advantage of you is not an excuse to not walk in your calling are you hearing me you do it because it's a commandment from the lord The Zarephat woman had a great excuse. Didn't she? Her last meal. One so-called man of God that not, she's not heard before. Say, yeah, bring it. If that woman was, was an Ibada woman, Elijah go hear him that day. 
and he told you came about Ashegi. I don't know how to say it in Ibadan language, but you get the gist. Am I making sense? But she took it as commandment from the Lord in faith and did what? And look at the result. She and her child were spared. And the, there was a miracle flow. So don't let anybody give you an excuse to not do what God has called you to do. He said, the reason why I left prayer group is because that our prayer leader is, is not sensitive enough. Ah, no, no. That's the reason why you should be in prayer group because even you need prayer. You walk only a camera Am I making sense this morning? Church is a place where we open up. We don't maintain our individuality. maintain our individuality it is where the calling is activated with lowliness and what and gentleness and what and long suffering bearing with one another in argument in love see love is active you can't claim you love people and you are not in their lives You just see this brother walking every day or this sister walking every day. She's been coming. She only has three clothes. It's those three clothes she's, she's been using or she's been using for six months. And none of you is looking around and say, let me talk to this person. No, that is not church. May God deliver us from this system we have cultured that is not it. That thing is killing us. We are losing people. People ought to be held. People ought to be rallied around. But they sit beside us and nobody can hear their cry. Amen. Unfortunately, uh, we don't even dance in this church. Imagine churches where they dance and everybody sweats. And then somebody is hurting. He cannot dance. Even somebody is using a brother to clear three rows. We are so individualistic. Yeah, so it's all about what the anointing will do for me. And what we even sing it in song. Hey, many number one. He wanted number. What nonsense is that? Why are we so self-centered? There is no number one. There is no numbering system in God. There's only first and last. Kilo, what did you gain? What did you gain that you first because you had the number? What did you gain? How has that helped the body of Christ? Hallelujah. God has to strip us of this selfishness. Church folks are too selfish. And it's the reason we are not impacting the world. Are you hearing me? It's the reason why we have no substance out there. Because we consider our life. Bible says that whosoever we seek to gain his life, we do what? Lose it. You cannot walk in your calling if there is no selflessness. Your prayers shouldn't all be about yourself. See, some of you for the next one week, stop praying about yourself. God is tired of hearing about your case. Pray about somebody else. 
every day God motor today issue in on God will say, ah, it's coming. Pray about somebody. Pray about this country. Pray about your colleague at the office. Pray about, pray about people on the streets. There was a time for many years I had the burden to pray for people on the roads. Every day I'll be praying and trusting God for safety on our roads. People I don't know. It's just a burden. Pray for people. Be selfless. The, the, in my experience, I realize the reason why a lot of church people don't walk in the manifestation of the Spirit, the gift of the Spirit, is because they are selfish. You can't have gifts of healing manifest in your life when you don't care about anything. Your prayer life is not, it's only about you. Where will the word of knowledge come from? Where will the word of wisdom come from? It is when you begin to develop burden for the church, for God's people, for your colleague, for people in your environment. That is when God begins to speak to you about them. That's when you can be a blessing to them. Hallelujah. Are we blessed today? Are we blessed? Let's stand to our feet and pray. We'll continue next week, God willing. And I want us to take a moment to ask God to recalibrate us. I want us to repent this morning. I want us to repent this morning. Some of us, we have fostered the wrong system. We've been very, very selfish. And some of us, we have not been living our calling at all. Some of us, you are even isolated because heart has dealt with you and you are finding it difficult to open up your heart to the Lord again. You're finding it difficult to really integrate yourself. And I understand your pain, but we cannot live on the pain forever. There is a high calling that we must go on to. So I want to call you this morning to come before the Lord and ask God for healing. And ask God for restoration. Some of you need to forgive the people that hurt you. I say, Lord, this issue has not been resolved in my heart, but today I let go. Give me grace. Give me grace. Heal me. Heal my pain. Heal my heart. Touch my heart, Lord. Touch my heart, Lord. Nento falami ke presto di atheruz la hasia kele bakaruja as je shelemento vre ki celebitia bakarundo tonzesia gela moria apre ki la bon sofrigeda de bashata oh help your church lord ki da vardale sense fonomakio la basioso ido bortati sesofrigeda de bashata ha da varabala lord i receive grace to forgive those who I have of, who have who, who have offended me? Allah Some of us we even need to receive grace because we have judged some people. We have a mindset about some people that God needs to wash away. There is a negative mindset. We, you know we just behave in a way to those people. Sometimes it's because of what we have heard. We have not even, you know, have an experience with them, but we just look at them from afar and we are already judgmental about them. 
or we've seen them misbehave sometime and then that misbehavior has now summed up the totality of their identity in our heart that is wrong and god needs to change it god needs to deliver us from wrong mindsets against one another Come on, pray this morning and ask God to search your heart. Lord, any hidden thing, any hidden thing, any issue of dishonesty, any issue of bitterness, any issue of hunger, of hurt, judgmental spirit, presumption, Lord, flush them out this morning. I want to be a true, committed member of the body. I want to supply that grace you know that you have given to me i want to walk in my calling i want to imbibe the spirit of gentleness and long suffering and, and humility i don't want to see myself exalted above any other person i want to be able to relate genuinely truly in love with one another let's pray for awakening in the church father we pray for awakening lord god we pray for a revival of love oftentimes when we are speaking for when we are talking and praying about revival we are praying about revival for miracles for healings but let's pray for the revival of love let's pray for the revival of commitment for a revival of bearing one with another so I give myself to you and to your hand. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. Oh, make me a vessel, Jesus. Make me an offering. Oh, make me whatever. I came, here, I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Make me a vessel, make me a vessel, will you make me an offering, oh Lord, Lord Jesus, I lay down, I lay down my old flame to carry on you fine today. Say it like you mean it. Where there is still one, 